1: is possible. Welcome to Reloaded Monday, everybody. We have episode 198, The Evil Nicky, and we have a double banger here today. We have Perry and Dan, and Perry comes on and talks about his experience as a kid going through hide-and-seek and coming across something while he was seeking that he wasn't seeking. And then we bring on Dan, who's a truck driver, has a run-in with a Bigfoot in his rig. It's a great time with these two guys. And let me just tell you, friends, I have a lot of shorter interviews, kind of like these two today, that have piled up over time. I'm thinking about making just one giant mega mini interview episode so let me know if you guys are interested in that just shoot us an email and say yes or no to that that'd be great all right let's get to this reloaded monday right now
2: okay i'll reload it this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed but no one was supposed to talk about it i saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door curl up to grab it and then disappear
3: when he came over to me, dude, he slithered over
1: to me.
2: And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him got closer, got closer, got closer. When he
0: got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 days and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed.
4: I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster.
1: To the show, everybody, you're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach us that way as well. Either way works for us, just get a hold of us. And if you want extra shows every week, you love the show, and you want more of it, head to The Confessionals Podcast podcast.com and become a member because members get an extra show every week on Thursdays, on the website. So if that interests you, go ahead and check that out at the professionalspodcast.com. Now, before we get to today's show, I want to make a special announcement. Me and my dad are going to be launching our brand new podcast called Hammer Lane Legends. It's about truckers sharing their wild and crazy experiences from the road. Anything from crazy snowstorms they drove through to pile ups to being stranded in the middle of nowhere, hitchhikers, anything wild and crazy that truckers go through on a daily basis. We're going to be having them come on the show and share those experiences with you and it's not exclusively just truckers we're actually going to have police officers on the show firemen emts people who have had crazy wild experiences while out in the road they're going to be coming on hammer lane legends to share their experiences with you i'm very excited about it i hope you guys are as well it's going to be a fantastic show and if you want to share your experience on the show hammer lane legends all you have to do is shoot us an email at hammer lane legends at gmail.com that's hammer lane legends at gmail.com or you can hit us up on social facebook is hammer lane legends twitter is hll podcast and then on instagram it's as well hammer lane legends so go ahead and hit us up on social media and email us if you have an experience you want to share with us on hammer lane legends now this week we have perry coming on the show and dan perry comes on first and he shares his wild experience of running into like a demon. Like entity with his friends when they were kids playing hide and go seek they all saw it and it seemed very physical to the point that perry didn't even realize that this was like a demon entity until something happened that tipped him off and then we're going to bring on dan a fellow truck driver who actually saw a bigfoot while he was out in the road driving he's going to come on and share that experience after perry so let's get to the show right now All right. Today we have Perry on the line. Perry, how you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. So uh, you have a very interesting story. Uh, when I read through the email and stuff, I was just like, wow. you know. And me and my wife, Lindsay, were talking about it. And uh, it's not every day you get somebody on the line that experienced something paranormal, but yet it seems like it was physical at the same time. So if you could just kind of walk us into the details of the story. Where were you? What was going on? And how did this all unfold?
3: All right. Yeah. So I can't recall my age. I was real young. Um, it was back when my parents were divorced. My dad was living in Oregon. Um, so I had to be around seven, eight or nine to recall. And so we're out there spending the summer vacation with my dad. And so it was just me and my sister who's three years younger than me. So we're over at my dad's house and we're going to go over to a barbecue at one of his like co or something that night. And he had two little girls around uh, my age. One was like two years older, and the other one was like my age. And the older one was named Nicole. We called her Nikki. And then her younger sister was Samantha. We called her Sammy. So we went over there for a barbecue one night over there. We were at their house and stuff like that. And we were playing, you know, in the backyard and whatnot. As the night came to a close, you know, we went into the house to go play hide and go seek and stuff like that. And somehow Sammy got chosen to go play hide to be the seeker first so you know and then we kind of all like branched off and i think there's a couple of kids there with us so it would have been me Nikki, my sister and then like two younger boys too that were just family friends and stuff there too so we all branched off and um i remember sammy began to count and i remember running around the house looking for a place to hide and then i just see um you know nicole go into her parents room and kind of get to the closet and gotta take it. it was dark that time so you know, it's in a dark room. Um, it's night outside, so there's not a whole bite in the room. I just see something kind of go into Nicole's parents' room. I mean, I see Nicole kind of go into her parents' room and into the closet. So I follow her. She's got to know where the good hiding spots are at because it's her house, right? So I follow her and um, I'm like, hey, Nikki, can I hide with you? And she's like, yeah, come on, hurry, sit down. So I jump in the closet and I you know, get in there, I kind of close the closet door so Sammy can't find us. And the parents' door is kind of closed at that point, too, to make sure that she's got to, like, find us a little bit harder at the door. But so, yeah, so Sammy begins to count and saying, you're not here. I come. And so I'm just sitting there. I got my knees to my chest. So I'm sitting back at the closet. I got some shoes to my left. And then Nikki is perfectly to my right, like right next to me right next to me like an inch or so so and I thought she was cute at the time so I wanted to hide with her you know try to work my game at the time so I was hiding <laughs> in the closet and I'm just sitting there and I finally hear Sam say oh, here, you ready or not here I come and so I'm just sitting there I got my knees to my chest and I'm just waiting waiting and all of a sudden I just remember getting this super cold feeling that just rushed over my body just just my entire spine, everything has got cold. And I am just like, well, that's weird. So I'm just sitting here and I tap Nikki with my right arm. You know, like when you nudge somebody say like, what's up or something. So I just remember tapping her with my right arm. I'm like, Hey Nikki, Hey Nikki. And I just, I get no response whatsoever. And then, um, I just sit there and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. And so I whisper one more time, I'm like, Hey Nikki. And all of a sudden I just get this. I'm
4: not Nikki.
3: And like the most deep satanic voice you could ever, ever imagine like it just was the deepest darkest voice and i just practically shat my pants right there and i ripped open that door like the closet door to get out and then as soon as i did samantha comes in and he like gets ready to open the door and as she goes found you she sees something across the bed because her parents are bed her parents bed's like right in the middle then all on the other side of the bed she sees a figure like jump up and she just screams at the top of her lungs and by then I'm already like pushing Sammy on my way to get down the hallway because I'm freaking out and um so she's screaming like oh there's something in there there's something in there she comes to the hall, I'm like what did you just see and she's like there's somebody in there with a mask on or something like that and then all of a sudden like down the hallway so it's like uh Nikki's parents room on the left and then her and Sammy's room on the right like perfectly across I see Nikki come out of her own bedroom and that's when I just just, I had no idea what was going on anymore. And that's when I was just like, I was just hiding with you in your parents' room. She's like, no, you weren't. I was like, I was hiding underneath my own bed. And I was just like, I swear, I was just hiding with you in your parents' closet. She's like, I was under my bed the whole time. And Sammy's like crying at this point. And her dad comes in and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? She's like, there's somebody in your room with a mask. There's somebody in your room with a mask. And he's like, what are you talking about? So he goes and searches the room and doesn't find anybody in there. And Sammy said, the the thing that appeared from across the bed was like had a long white face with a black droopy mouth and black eyes and she said it reminded her of the mask from the movie Scream and it just appeared from the other side of the bed and it was just staring at her and that's right when I opened, opened the door to get out of that room because it's when after it said I'm not looking in that super deep voice I was just gone and I was just like yeah so that's kind of what happened. And then the parents searched the room and stuff like that. They couldn't find anybody in the room and they didn't know. So they're just like, you know what? Let's not play anymore. Let's just go watch some movies and stuff to clear my mind. But I was so traumatized at that point. I remember going home, just like sitting with my dad. I had to slip right in the middle between my my stepmom and my dad that night. And I was just terrified. I could not sleep that whole night because I had no idea what I-, cause I physically touched it with my arm, and which is the most bizarre point. And then by the time I had opened the closet, it had moved somehow through the closet and appeared on the other side of the door. And what was bothered me is that it looked exactly like Nikki at the first point because I saw it get into the closet, go into the room, go into the closet, and it looked exactly like Nikki. And then when I saw Nikki come out of her own bedroom, uh, I just was like dumbfounded. I had no idea what what to do at that point. (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of what happened. And from there, it's just been... That's my scary story that I tell on my camping trips and stuff like that. And people are like, have you had any paranormal stuff or anything like that? That's always my go-to.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's a great go-to to to go to. So, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you have this experience in the closet where you tap Nikki, well, who you thought was Nikki, do you remember ever feeling like when you tapped the person next to you that it didn't feel right or anything like whether it's an intuition as far as after you touch the person or maybe even like the physical touch of it, it, it felt off.
3: It just, well, I, there was something there. There had to be something there because it was physical. Like I tapped it with my arm twice, like boom, boom. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. And then she didn't respond. And then, so finally I'm like, well, that's weird. Cause I'm freezing cold right now. and, it's like 70 degrees in this house and it shouldn't be this cold. So I tapped it one more time and then all of a sudden like, Nikki. And also it's just like, oh, like in that super deep voice. And I was just like, that's not Nikki. Get the hell out. You know? So <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any intuition feelings or anything like that, but I, I it was something physical because I physically touched it and she was perfectly to my right side. I was in the middle and I had like her shoes right to my left of her parents or whatever that was right there. So yeah super weird it's,
1: so whatever you saw in the closet you're drawing drawing the line that whatever you saw was the same thing on the other side of the bed just somehow it got there did you ever think that maybe it was two different entities
3: no I never thought no I don't no no I haven't thought that at all I mean it definitely could have been but I think if it's a shape shifter it can probably move through whatever it wants to it can just appear here look like something and then you know continue but I don't know what its intention was to scare us that bad because that was terrifying. And I didn't know of that house ever being haunted in the first place. I never heard of anything like that. The kids never told us anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know if they ever had any more encounters. I'm not in touch with those people anymore or anything like that. But um, yeah, that was just a super, super bizarre.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, when you you know, scream or when, uh, Sam screams and the parents come in, they search the room and everything like that. Did you ever get a sense that, I mean, obviously you thought about this a lot. Have you ever thought maybe they were just playing a prank on you or was the environment of the room when they were searching more frantic, like, uh, the kids saw somebody in here, we need to make sure that they're safe.
3: Yeah, no, I definitely thought that they might've been playing a trick on us, but nothing ever came out of that room. So there's no other parents that came out of that room. And how do you get someone to look like a little girl, you know, that's 10, yeah. 11 years old and to go into a closet. And the, f- the thing is I never saw Nikki's face that whole time. Um, I just remember going to the closet. I see the back of her kind of go like, go into the room real quick and then go straight into the closet and so I'm like oh Nikki's gonna go hide there. I'm gonna go follow her and so I, she's just sitting in the closet and as I kind of open the closet I'm like hey Nikki can I hide with you and she says yeah come on come on but I never see her face or anything like that she's tucked away in like the corner of the closet so it was just pitch black back there. and I'm like alright and I hear her voice so I assume it's Nikki so I just hop down right next to her and then as soon as she said I'm not Nikki I ripped open that closet door and Try to get out of that room and Samantha was coming right in at the same time and she just says I found you and as soon as she says that she just screams because something had appeared across the bed and something would have, there's no way because I had already opened that closet door so I don't know how I don't know how they would have gotten on the other side of the bed. It had to have been like some type of non-physical entity that could, I don't, I have no idea actually at this point because it went physical and then you know appeared on the other side of the bed with a different look to it, you know, so.
1: Right. And, you know, the thing is with what you're telling us and the situation you found yourself in is that you were hiding with some kind of entity and you yeah. you touch it, you tap it, it's very physical. Yet at the same time, this is yeah. some kind of, you know, interdimensional, whatever entity. So looking back on it, I mean, obviously as a kid, when something like that happens and it's like, I'm not Nikki, like, you're freaked out. You're fearing for your life. But looking back yeah. as an adult, do you think that there was good cause to fear for your life in that moment? Because if it's something physical where you could touch it, then maybe it's physical enough that it could hurt hurt you as well.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I definitely think so. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just felt bad that they had to stay the night in the house the rest of the night, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that was just completely bizarre. And then when she, when I asked Samantha what she saw and she said... It looked like I had a long white face with a long droopy black mouth and just black, giant black hole eyes. I'm like, well, that's just great. Like, that scared the hell out of me even more, you know, because I was like, like, if you would have heard this thing's voice, like, it was, it just shent sh- sh- shivers through my entire body. And I was already, I got just got a random cold feeling all of a sudden, and then that's when I tapped Nikki. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. And then as soon as it said, I just can't even, you know, um, reiterate how dark this voice was. It was the deepest voice and just vibrated my whole body. And I'm like, that's definitely not Nikki. And just freaking ripped open that closet door and tried to get out as soon as possible. So, yeah, so I, I had no idea what it was at that time. Um, I, I don't know how to. Yeah, I don't know if it's a ghost or if it's just a, like, some type of demon, or I have no idea what it could have been. So it didn't try to physically hurt me. It didn't, like, grab me or anything. I was sitting right next to it. It could have, you know, done whatever it wanted to me at that point, you know? So.
1: Well, it didn't try to hurt you because you're too fast. This young boy was just too fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you just jet yeah, out no. there like lightning,
3: <laughs> dude. I was man. As soon as I heard that voice, I, it just scared the hell out of me, and I just ripped open the door. But I mean, it had had. I was sitting there with it for at least a minute or so, so it had to have. It could have done whatever it wanted to me. But the whole time, we never had a conversation or anything like that. When we were in the closet, so the only thing it said to me was, "Yeah, come on, hurry, sit down." or whatever. So, and that, that was it. And then, then the I'm not Nikki part. So,
1: so when you heard that, you know, voice come out of the, that whatever it was, uh, have you ever heard something similar, like on a movie or something that you could say, that's what I heard. That's what I said. That's what it sounded like.
3: No, I haven't. No, I can't put it to anything that I've seen, you know, and all the movies that I've watched, the horror movies that I've watched, nothing relates to it. I mean, it was the deepest, darkest, it was such a deep voice and it was just like so gargly and just 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 terrifying just absolutely terrifying voice like I can hardly imitate it but it was just like I'm not Nicky just and that was it and then I'm like all right (laughs) So,
1: man, well, I'll tell you what, man, I do not envy you and your situation at all there because, uh, it would have scarred me big time. In fact, if I would have experienced something like that, I don't even know if I'd have the guts to do this show. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, no,
3: that was terrifying. Even to this day, I mean, I think about that all the time. And so I don't know why, and that happened like 15, 16, 17 years ago. So I still don't know what it is. And, you know, my mom, used to have a boyfriend back in high school and, Apparently he had lived in a house where a guy had committed suicide and they would like see his ghost in the house. Like the chair would just be rocking back and forth just randomly or they would go to the bedroom and you could see like an outline of a person laying in their bed or something like that. So she said that she's had some ghost figures that she's seen in her life and stuff like that but i'm just like but she never saw the physical being she would just see like random stuff move or a figure of a person laying in a bed and stuff like that but so i try to put that to what i've seen and what's happened to me i just i don't know because whatever i touched was something physical at one point and then it just disappeared um, appeared across the bed unless there was two figures like you said and then that's what samantha saw it but Having Samantha see it too just verifies that there was definitely something in that room going on, and then having Nikki come out of her own bedroom—that's when I was just like, "What the hell?" I I just don't. It couldn't put it together in my mind, like what was just going on, because I was like, "I remember going into the closet because I saw you go into the closet, and I was like, I was just hiding with you." And she's like, "No, I was hiding underneath my own bed," and I was just like, oh, just so bizarre."
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Before we roll on out of here, in the pre-interview here, you had told me that you're a park ranger and you've only been a park ranger for two years, but you spent two years before that building trails. Have you ever experienced anything weird in the woods? I mean, you know, obviously we talk about Bigfoot on this show. What are your thoughts on Bigfoot?
3: Yeah. Oh, I am a huge believer. I want to believe. Um, yeah, I, I, um, you know, I've only had, I think we've only had one weird call And that was when I was on the trails team my first year. And that was when um, someone was hiking out with their two daughters. And I can't remember the trail, but it was somewhere in uh, Boulder um, headed up towards like Allen's park. And they were hiking down the trail and they had some rocks thrown at them. And so the mom had thrown one back and they heard just this gnarly growl. Um, And that's when they, the mom just kind of, the two daughters just started crying and stuff like that. And they kept getting rocks thrown at them. And so they just thought it was people messing with them in the forest. And they, I'm, I remember getting that call from the Rangers and they were talking about it because it had just spread to the trails team and to the forestry team and stuff like that. So I remember hearing about that. Um, but I've personally never had anything happen to me when I've been on trail. And I'm out in some really remote areas sometimes. Um, I had that feeling, you know, like when people say they go hiking and it sounds like there's something else of w- like stepping next to you or whatever. And so you stop to see if you can hear anything else moving. And then you walk, but it just sounds like you're making more noise than you really are. I get that feeling a little bit, and I'll stop and look around. But I've never, never had to, seen any bigfoot things. But that'd be that'd be awesome, but scary at the same time. I'm not sure. So,
1: well, you've had enough scary experiences to last your lifetime with that first one, brother. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, that first one was terrifying. I mean, I've seen a good amount of UFOs out here ever since I moved to Colorado and stuff like that, but I've not seen any bigfoot. But he's he's got to be out there. I don't know. How, do you get a lot of people that call in and say they've seen bigfoot in Colorado?
1: Uh, Colorado, mm, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure I have plenty. I I get a lot of people emailing me about Bigfoot, but uh, I'm not sure exactly of all the locations sometimes. But uh, I definitely definitely think that you're in uh, an area that they could definitely be. I mean, uh,
3: oh, yeah, absolutely. uh, You're talking about a lot of
1: mountains and things like that where they could definitely be chilling at.
3: Oh, for sure, yeah, because most of us I hear like Washington, Pennsylvania, you know, Ohio. Those are like the big main places, so. But I don't ever hear about bigfoot encounters out here in Colorado. But there would definitely be some great places for them to go hide, and where they have all the natural resources that they need. So,
1: well, you know, that might be something. There might be something to that. You know, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm not sure about Ohio, but those are states where weed is illegal. And so maybe you know <laughs> people are just really relaxed and showing They're not worried about what they're seeing in the woods.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's so heavily recreated out here too that maybe that's, that's probably another reason why too. So because we have so there's just so many people out on the trails. You know, mountain biking, fishing, hunting. I mean, it's just huge out here. So
1: yeah. So you had some UFO experiences as well. Would you care about sharing that with us?
3: Yeah. So so my first one and so. So I had this whole like thing where I moved to Colorado, and so I was getting ready for school and stuff like that, and I just wanted to learn more about, you know, I got really into aliens and stuff like that, and I found like David Wilcock, and then with Corey Good and about the secret space program and stuff like that, so I just kept diving further and further into all this research, and I remember going on my back deck one day, and I was just hanging out there, uh, we lived in an apartment at the time, and I was like on the third floor, and had to be in the evening around like five o'clock or so and i remember looking uh, like northwest right over the mountains and i just see this huge flash just like a massive flash just go whoosh, and it dimmed away and then i stood there and i kept look- looking in that direction as it just went away and then i see this another flash at the same spot just a massive flash like a huge bright star just going off and it just goes whoosh, And it shines really quick and then kind of dims away again. And then all of a sudden it does it two more times where it gets another big flash and then it slowly dims away and then had like five seconds between each flash. And on the last flash, it just does this ginormous flash and it goes and then it just super quick just is gone. And that was the first time I saw anything. I was just like, "Well, oh, that's super weird. And I remember bringing it up to a bunch of my friends. They were like, Perry, that's a satellite. And Perry, this is this. This is this. And I'm just like, I don't think so. I'm like, that was something that I've never seen in my life. I know jets don't do that. And it was in the same spot. But how big these flashes were and then how fast it was just gone like that. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And then I don't know if you remember when we had the blood moon. That was like two years ago. Yeah. And I remember being out my back deck that night and I got like this telescope and everything. And I saw probably three or four that night. And I saw two big black triangle shaped ones. And that they're both flying South for some reason they're cruising. So I saw those ones and they had like just the little dim like lights on them. Like if you wouldn't, if you would have just looked up the sky and not really been paying attention you would have just seen right through them and not even realized that what they were. So I saw two of those that night. And then about a year about a year ago, right outside my house, I was over at the park with my dog and stuff like that. And I remember just like looking up because it's—I just love looking up to try to find these stuff. Um, there's this massive one. It was just—it ha- had to be like two football fields long. It covered my entire park, which is like two blocks long. It was just massive, and it had like it was in a giant V, you know, like how uh, birds fly, like in a triangle, like geese and stuff yeah. like that. They have that V formation. It was just like that. And it had. One, two, three, four, five, five super, super dim lights on the bottom of it. So one super dim light at the very point and then two across the left side and then two across the right side in this giant V. And it was just slowly kind of cruising over this whole area And it had like some type of like holographic um, thing to it. Like you could just see right through it look like you're just like looking at stars, but you could see these big, you could kind of see like a reflection of the holograph like holographic part of it. And then just the super dim lights. Like honestly, if you would have just walked under and not really paid much attention to it, you would have just thought it was the night sky, but it was this massive, massive, whatever it was to chip, just cruising over, over the park and headed like towards down to Denver area. So. Wow.
1: Man, uh, yeah. So I'll tell you what, that's cool. That's insane. I mean, uh first of all, the first one that you were mentioning, not the light, but the actual craft that you had saw, the triangle-shaped one. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it was a triangle, or was it a pyramid shape? I would say it like more of a pyramid shape.
3: Yeah, it was like a... Yeah. Well, I mean, like... Yeah, from my point, it kind of looked like a triangle, but I think it had it had to have
1: another side to
3: it, at, okay. just from the uh, point where I was standing from it, but it could have definitely been a pyramid. But then after I saw that physically, I remember listening to Corey Good talk about, I don't know if you know who Corey Good is. Sure. And he said that the secret space program has had those and a lot of times humans are the ones driving those. And those are just something that the public just doesn't have any idea of what what's really put. That we have re engineered and reverse technology that that craft, And so we are practically just that's us up there and it's not really any extraterrestrial or alien flying those planes. That's or spacecraft that's most likely humans and stuff like that. But that first one I saw, I, I don't know if that was human technology or what, because that was just just the mass of like a giant star just going off and then going away. And then going off, going away. So
1: Yeah, I find all those accounts interesting, but when you said about the triangle one, it popped out in my mind because I don't know I don't know if you heard about the pyramid shaped UFO over the Pentagon in DC last December December 2018 but it's something that I've been looking into personally because there was at least three different people that filmed the same event on the same night and then um I just came across another video of this pyramid shaped UFO over uh, the capital in Moscow, or in Russia, Moscow. Uh, And Ah. both times, these things were uh, hovering over very close to building stuff. It wasn't like high, high up in the sky. It was pretty close. And it was huge. And it was rotating on its axis. It wasn't just sitting still. It was rotating. And you could see the three-dimensional pyramid shape that was rotating. And I I just find it very interesting. Obviously, it's obviously interesting seeing something like that. But the fact that it's been seen all over the place and on top of it, you have the idea of the pyramids in uh, Egypt and all over the world yep. where we don't know how yep. they were built, right? But now we see a pyramid-shaped yep. thing flying and hovering in the sky. And it reminds yeah. me of the movie from back in, I don't know, the early two thousand, late 90s, Stargate. Because it's all about the pyramid and it comes down and it's just like this whole idea of a pyramid floating in the sky i just find so fascinating that's why i asked you about it
3: uh yeah when i said when i saw the two of them they were like cruising man like they were going so fast like they went from north to south just in the blink of an eye and uh, i just remember seeing them just i I watched them the whole time and just try to keep my eye on it and both of them and so the first one passed and then here comes the second one and they're kind of just cruising along but it had like just like i said like just that triangle kind of look to it just cruising along
1: so what about the v-shaped one uh was it clearly defined as a v-shaped because i personally saw a v-shaped ufo last year myself uh three times in about a month period while i was driving my truck and so uh i've seen the the v-shaped ufo and when i saw it the, the very first time i saw it it was um it was actually more of the shape of a check mark. Like one side was shorter than the other. At least that's what I what I saw. I think I saw.
3: Oh, interesting. Yeah, this one looked like to be like almost like perfectly like in a perfect V. It looked just like a giant V, and it had some type of cover across it. But it was just so so massive. It had covered my entire park. Which yeah, like I said, two two blocks easily. It had to be like two football fields long because and but it was going so slow that it was just kind of weird and. Yeah, I just remember just straight just looking at it and all I could see was those really those uh five dim lights on the bottom of it and that's when I was just like, Well, that's some type of craft that's easily just just cruising through here and just has you know, people will never know that there's something directly above them because it's just looks like the night sky, but it's obviously being covered by whatever type of technology they have on it. And it was just massive, but just looked like a huge ship just kind of just cruising along the night sky. And I couldn't tell how, how high it was up in the sky. It didn't look like it was that high, you know, maybe a few thousand feet above us, you know, if that so
1: yeah so i mean in other words it was it was kind of like the shape of a boomerang right maybe not uh exactly
3: exactly you got it that's exactly it just like a boomerang
1: okay so how'd that whole experience end i mean you just watched it sail off into the night sky or what
3: yeah i just like well i was just hanging out yeah just right out of the park and so i just watched it kind of just cruise along I, i mean i probably watched it for a good minute as it crossed me and finally went completely south to where I just couldn't see it anymore and it was just kinda gone. It didn't look like it was taken off on anything. It was just just you know, low cruise control, you know, that's what I'm saying. And it was just hanging out. So
1: what about the sound? Was it completely
3: silent? Completely silent. That's that I definitely tried to listen to the sound and stuff like that. Dead silent. Just nothing but, you know, just that evening. And it was you know, more towards winter time. So there's not like birds or anything out that late. So yeah, it was just just cruising. No sound. All it, the lights are what gave it off those five dim lights that's really what I noticed because you could easily kind of point if you were to focus you could easily pick out the five boomerang looking lights that were underneath it in that perfect shape just
1: super dim and just cruising yeah well I'll tell you what Perry man I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing this experience and stuff it's definitely one that's uh, very frightening very frightening and I do appreciate you sharing it
3: yeah well thank you Tony thanks for giving this outlet to not only me, but to everyone else. And it's an awesome show. Can't thank you enough for having it, so thank
1: you. Well, Perry, thank you very much for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. It was a very interesting story to share with us. Next up, we have Dan. And before we get to Dan, we're going to play a special promo for Hammerlane Legends. This is an interview that I did a while back for this show that we've been preparing for. So check it out right now. Hammerlane Legends promo. Let's go. Obviously, I'm sure you've had lots of different experiences out on the road over the years and stuff. You've probably seen uh, crazy things. And this this show is about people coming on and sharing some of their stories and experiences from the road. Uh, and you and I connected on Facebook. And it turns out, you know, a, a while ago, I think it was, you said it was back in the 70s or something, you actually saw a guy uh, commit suicide while you were driving. What happened there?
2: Well, I was working for a company called Concord Leasing. And anybody from Canada will- re- will recognize the name then they went to Concord Transport and they're gone now and I was driving a uh, a Ford Louisville daycap, and I would load glass for uh, cars out of Scarborough, Ontario, run it down to Finley, Ohio five days a week which and a daycap gave me about thirty two hundred miles a week, which is a pretty big week for you know I think I was about twenty years old somewhere around there so occasionally. Uh, they would give me a backhaul out of the Detroit area. So one day up near the, I'm not sure of the the name of the, uh, where they used to play baseball up there on the east side of Detroit there, around 75 and 94, there was a, a baseball diamond there. And uh, I went into a, an old warehouse there, and I loaded a load of cow hides. And I was taking that back to Toronto. And it took me most of the day to load a load of cow hides, like July, August, uh, you know, like a nice summer day, nice, clear, sunny day. So I finally get my load on, I get my customs papers done. And, uh, I start heading towards the bridge and a little bit, I was lucky. There was a little bit of a lineup at the cash box, but not much. I mean, matter of a couple minutes. So I'd start climbing the hill, uh, for the ambassador bridge, which is a pretty big pull, right? Like I was grossed out. Oh, I was, I was overloaded for the States. I was probably up around 90,000 pounds. And I'm pulling up the bridge. And, and you know, in that scene for the 70s show where, where Eric's sitting on the hood of his car, you know, that that Vista Cruiser, that big station wagon yeah. with the open windshield on the top? One of those goes roaring past me as I'm climbing the hill. I'm up near the top. And, uh, all, I mean, the reason I noticed when he had his, when he went past me, he had his foot right to the floor and with those two barrel carburetors and the exhaust. I and mean, it would just hiss as it went past you. And I thought, Boy, look at him go. So I picked up another gear, and I'm climbing the bridge, and uh, which is a pretty good pull. And he pulled over in front of me, just hammered the brakes on and pulled over in front of me. And I went, son of a gun, what's he doing? He put it in park, threw open the driver's door, ran out the side of the car, across the front of it, and jumped right off the side of the bridge in front of me, maybe, maybe 50 feet in front of me. And, and the one thing I remember was kind of like, like the uh, Wiley e. Coyote cartoons, you know, where he falls off a cliff and he kind of pauses there for a second, then he drops out of sight. Yeah, it was exactly like that. Just exactly like that. He just kind of hung there in the in the air for like a a split second, and you know, his arms and legs all spread out, in this this look on his face that I'll never really forget, and uh, just dropped out of sight. And the car door was open. The car was running. So I went, "What am I going to do?" You know, like, "What do you do?" It's not like I can catch him at this point. So I, I I got in the left lane and I passed them and I I went up over top of the bridge and I came down to customs and there was a woman Canadian customs officer there and she goes citizenship and I said somebody just jumped off the bridge she goes what do you mean I said a, a guy right in front of me just jumped off the bridge goes we'll take care of it citizenship and away I went so I don't know what it, I would imagine of course that they went right up there and you know looked for the body and recovered the car but. That's probably one of the stranger things I've seen.
1: All right, today we got Dan on the show. Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Doing well, Dan the man. All right. <laughs> uh, so you have uh, some Bigfoot experience that you, uh, I guess you were, you're were you a truck driver like I am, and uh, you saw one of these things one morning. So why don't you just kind of walk us into what you were doing and uh, how this all unfolded for you?
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So like I said, I was a truck driver. I would go through a uh, mountain pass here in Oregon four days a week, usually in the middle of the night. Um, and it all kind of, it started, that whole area tends to be kind of weird. Like, I've uh, I've always had just weird feelings going up there, you know, if you have to stop and like put chains on in the winter or something, but didn't really think much about it. And then things just started happening. Like I'd be driving and you'd hear howls or growls, you know, it's kind of stuff of that nature. And I just always put it off to random animals in the woods. And uh several times it sounded like stuff was getting thrown at my truck, which I always I couldn't find an explanation for, but I didn't jump straight to Bigfoot. And then this all happened within about a month period and just seemed to get more and more. And then one morning I'm driving along and I catch some movement up the ways ahead on the road and it's pretty common to see deer or bear along the way, so that's kind of what I just figured it was going to be, you know, slowing down just in case it ran out in the road, but as I got closer, um like very clearly, there was a figure standing in the road, in, in the lane I was traveling on, just standing, and um yeah, the... I, I don't even know how to say it, man. Like, it just caught me so off guard because it wasn't a man. It was just a a tall figure, probably seven to eight feet, I would say. And uh, very hairy, reddish brown color in the fur. Very, um, it was long fur, too. And and it was all pretty ratted up, just hanging off the body. And then what really for some reason what really stuck to me or stuck with me was the arm length it just was not a natural arm length they hung down almost to the knees um this whole thing lasted maybe about 10 seconds uh i was so dumbstruck i guess by by what i was seeing that i didn't even continue to slow down like i I was just staring and driving And uh, as I got closer, probably within about twenty-five to thirty feet, it did one jump, and it was gone. I I, I couldn't see it anymore. Off the side of the road is a bunch of rocks, um, old lava rocks. That you know, it's it's not necessarily a place anybody would want to walk through, but that's where it jumped to, and and it was just gone. And I think I probably drove on for another five minutes before. I really started processing what it was. I just kept thinking the whole time to myself, you know, what the heck was that? Um that I really just see that and it it took me some time.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So I am I'm assuming you weren't a uh, a Bigfoot enthusiast or anything like that going into this. It really was just uh out of the blue for you.
0: Yeah. Um it's you know, it's kind of part of the culture in this area. You see it a lot and business names and people have stickers and stuff, but I always just took it as a story, not an actual real life thing. So that, that was another challenge of this whole thing was it kind of, a, in, in some sense, it changed my whole perception of the world, you know, because you, you start wondering what else is real. and
1: Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, I know this kind of, uh, Interaction with these creatures, especially if you weren't expecting it can kind of throw your whole world in upside down uh did it kind of push you into looking into this topic more, or do you just say, "I saw a Bigfoot and I don't want to see it again or or how do you, how is your life affected by this at all?
0: Um, the first few weeks I did struggle with it a little, and I didn't tell anybody um just because I was worried that I'm losing my mind and going crazy. I spend a lot of time Googling and looking, just trying to find stuff in in this area, you know, to help explain what I saw. My, my first initial thought was I just misidentified something, you know, I was trying to rationalize what I saw. So when I came, I headed back through that way later that day and I was just trying to, in my mind, I was trying to find like a low-hanging tree branch or something, you know, that would just like, where I could say, hey, maybe... Maybe I just was a little, um, you know, I, I misidentified this, but I didn't. There, there was nothing there. It was absolutely clear. This was at 4 a.m. in the morning. It's in. It's literally in the, in the middle of nowhere. There's no good reason for anybody to really be out there outside of the vehicle. Um, so I just started, you know, like I said, I, I looked up on the BFRO. They have their website, and I was trying to find sightings. And um couldn't really find a whole lot. The ones that I did find were all several years old, like 2006, 2008. And this just happened for me last year in 2018. So it was, you know, there's some time in between that. Um, so I just started, I was familiar with um, uh, Wes's show. So I, I got into that Facebook group and, Kind of shared what I had seen, and I was wondering if anybody else had ever encountered it or or seen anything like it because the encounters that I was able to find here in Oregon always described uh, the typical plaque Bigfoot, you know, and like mine was more of um, almost an orangutan, just proportions weren't quite right, but in terms of the, the color and the fur and the arms. That's what it came closest to. But uh, eventually, somebody pointed me in the direction of Cliff Barockman. I believe is how you pronounce your name. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I, I wasn't familiar with, the, with his TV show or anything. So um, I talked to him. He actually told me that there was a lot of sightings in that specific area. Um, they actually even did an episode just a little ways down the road from where I had my encounter. So it seems like it's fairly popular. It just doesn't get reported as much, or I didn't find the right um, resources to read up on it. But it it definitely sparked interest in me. And uh, I get torn between wanting to pack up my tent, you know, my hiking gear, and go out there and find one, just to, to kind of prove to myself it's out there. But then at the same time, I took it as you know looking back at the corrals and the howls and stuff like that before i actually thought i'm under the impression that it didn't want me around there like that's kind of the feeling i got was this was the last warning type of deal i'm going to stand here and intimidate you and so you know i'm not that's the other side of it to where i'm not really sure if it's a smart idea to go wandering out there by myself
1: Yeah. I mean, I, when I was, I, I don't go looking for these things a whole lot anymore. It's just time scheduling kind of thing. But when I was, I was doing it, I I typically would go by or not go by myself because, uh, I mean, Bigfoot aside, if something were to happen to me, cause I was always going off trail kind of thing. And, uh, you know, if something were to happen to me, I need to know, know that there's somebody there to help me kind of thing. Uh, but when, when you saw this thing and you said that it was in the middle of the road and then with like a jump, it was gone. Did it like jump off a of two feet or just kind of like leap across the road? Like uh just like a big, I don't know, galloping leap. Uh,
0: I, I would say it was more like a galloping leap. Yeah. It, it did it out of a standstill, but yeah, it, it was gone. And, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything I could compare that movement to especially for that size, you know, like I'm I'm a fairly big guy. I'm six three. And like, I know I definitely couldn't pull off a jump like that, let alone, you know, something that's a good two feet taller than me and out of a stand, you know, it it had to be a good eight foot leap or so, I would say.
1: So you said it was kind of like facing you and uh, like, I guess the the upper body was facing you. Uh, Did you get any detail of the face at all?
0: It wasn't quite facing me. It was it was more of a profile view. Its legs were sideways to me, but it had its upper body turned my way, um, which that in itself looked like a pretty unnatural way for you know for a person. But uh, I didn't get too many face details. None that I remember um, I can tell you the shape of. It didn't have much of a neck just had a rounded shape on top of the shoulders it didn't seem especially wide you know a lot of descriptions I hear always talk about wide shoulders and I didn't really notice that it, it actually looked relatively skinny I'd say for the size but which it, I, the arm length is what really stuck with me I don't know why that you know burned in my mind that much but just that arm length seemed so unnatural to me that I kind of, I, th- I think that's what I focused on the most for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where when you're seeing something that isn't supposed to be there, it's not supposed to exist. Uh, I think our minds start trying to rationalize and identify what we're looking at. And, uh, I mean, when you see the long arms, it... it, it I hear that a lot. I mean people say the arms are so long and it it just stuck out to me and I think it's because it's it's unnaturally long. Uh there was a um a really well known basketball player, you know, back in the mid two thousands, uh, Ben Wallace, and he played for the Detroit Pistons. He was he was a center and he was only 6'9". And that's really short for a center. But what made him so effective was that his, his arms were incredibly long. And uh, he was very good at blocking and rebounding. And it was because of the, the, the arms. It, like when you would see him walking, his, his hands would be down in his knees. And uh, it, it's just not natural. Uh, and so you notice those things when you look at that guy. And I imagine it's the same thing when it comes to seeing something like that with Bigfoot. It's just It sticks out because it's not natural.
0: Yeah, and thats uh, I would completely agree with that. I think that's why it did stick out that way because it that's what just really put it over for me of that not being a person, you know. It just was not a natural... The way it stood, the way it, it jumped off of that road, none of that looked like anything that I've ever seen in an actual human being. Um, yeah, so... And then later on, so after starting... look into this a little more um like i said i I couldn't find too much but about 25 miles up the road i would often meet with another driver from my company and we would swap over some product, you know and usually have a, a quick chat and just hang out for 15 or something then we'd each go our ways again and we'd always we'd meet on this gravel parking lot just off the highway and it's still pretty much in the middle of nowhere, you know, it's smack dead in the woods. And um, I never told him what I had seen before, but he was always nervous on that parking lot. For, it creeped him out. And, you know, um, me, after having seen this, I, I kind of try to be a little more aware of what's going on around me now, too, just because, you know, you never know, I guess. Um, but we started. So we'd we'd meet there about three times a week, and uh, we just started noticing stuff happening there too, usually just noises around us. And then one morning, very obviously, something was knocking in the woods just a little ways away from us. And the way we were positioned were our two trucks were parked next to each other, and we were standing in between them talking, and we'd hear these knockings going on in, in you know, maybe a hundred feet away from us. And, um, I'd walk around the truck and I'd take a peek around, you know, trying to see if I can see what's, what's going on. If there's somebody there or what, and I never saw anybody. And then we'd go back around the truck, you know, continue talking and it would start up again. And, uh, at the time I didn't notice it right away, but I was, my curiosity got the better of me, and I started walking straight to the woods because I was just, you know, intrigued. i kind of like, hey, you know, what the heck is this? And uh, I got to about within 50 feet of it, and that's when I started realizing, like, hey, this actually, it almost seems like something's trying to lure us away from our vehicles because it would only, we'd only hear the knocking when we come out in between our vehicles. <laughs> So uh, I decided it's probably best to not go wandering in there, and I walked back, and this continued for a good 10 minutes or so, and we finally said, okay, it's probably time to leave. And um, once I started looking into that, there's a a Native reservation about 30 miles away from that spot, and it's the Plateau Indians, as is what they're called here, and they talk about um, stick Indians and in, in their version of it it's a bad spirit in the woods that essentially lures people away and then oftentimes they're never seen again i have tried to contact the tribe you know and kind of get some information on this just for myself but they're not um, they're not too friendly yeah. to outsiders
1: <laughs> good luck
0: yeah they did they, they don't respond much and I've heard later on stories too, that sometimes people that go onto the reservation disappear. And I mean, this is all hearsay. I don't know how much is factual, you know, but it does make you wonder if it could be related.
1: Uh, I've heard of them and they're they seem to basically, I guess the general description of these things is they're, they're malevolent and extremely dangerous. Um, you, you hit it right on the head with the, the forest spirits because, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think it's about culture. And so the culture of the tribes, they, you know, they're very spiritual. And, and, uh, I think that's how, you, you know, I say it on the show a lot, you know, people experience things, but it depends on what their worldview is as to how they describe that experience. And you have two different people experience the same exact thing, but they describe it differently because their worldviews are different. And uh, I think you have a lot of that when it comes to the Native American stories and lore. Uh, Do you still work for that company?
0: Um, No, I I stopped. I quit a few weeks back. It was unrelated, but I got a new job now. So I'm not heading out there as much anymore.
1: Yeah, and I bet you're glad about that. What did the guy say... uh, when he was there with you and you guys were hearing the noises and stuff, was he like scared? Was he, did he have any ideas or suggestions as to what could be? Uh, no, he didn't. He, he was
0: just, he was very creeped out about it. Like he got, you know, he was very uncomfortable, wanted to get out of there. Me. um, Something like I say, curiosity gets the better of me sometimes. You know, if I, I always joke if I was in a horror movie, I'd probably be the first to die. Cause I'd be the idiot that goes looking in the basement. see <laughs> what's making yeah. the noise, you know? But, um, yeah, he he just wasn't comfortable. And and later on, when we'd meet in that lot, he just – he always complained about it. You know, he always said we should find a better spot. But it was just the the company dictated that that's where we should do our product swaps and stuff because it wouldn't be disturbing anybody early in the morning. You know, you're out there by yourself. Um, One thing that happened probably within two weeks – of, of those knocking in the wood in that, that whole episode. Um, I got there early, and I was waiting for the other guy to arrive, and I saw a sheriff car pull up in, in an SUV just on the other side of the road, and the deputy got out, had his flashlight on, and was looking around, uh, shining onto the ground, going off the path a little and looking around. It, it seemed like he was looking for tracks to me, I mean, given that I might be biased just because of that experience, he could have just been looking for something else. But it struck me as pretty weird. Um, He was out there by himself. He didn't have his lights on, you know, his his sirens or anything. He just stopped, got out, and had a look around for about 10 minutes and then got back in his SUV and drove off. It kind of made me wonder, you know, what, what that was all about, if maybe he knew something or has heard stuff. Yeah, I I would have liked to gone up to him and asked him, but just didn't seem like a smart idea to approach him in the middle of the dark, you know, in the middle of nowhere.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm a nosy kind of guy, I guess, because whenever I see a cop, like I, I always like, say hi and stuff and uh, i've been known to walk up to cops and just strike up a conversation like they're not even on duty working <laughs> it's like they have time to talk to me but uh i i definitely i I knowing me i would have gone over and like hey what are you looking for <laughs> that's just how i am
0: i i really wanted to like i said it just didn't it didn't seem like the best time to do it
1: but yeah, especially yeah. that early in the morning. I'm, I'm sure he knew you were there. Uh, I I thought you oh, were going to yeah. say he pulled in to say, you know, what are you doing here kind of thing, uh, because you're out in the middle of nowhere. I was thinking when you were describing it, I was like, man, that sounds like a good spot where, you know, drug exchanges could happen. So
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I actually saw, I don't know if it was the same deputy, but the sheriff's cars would pass by there on a fairly regular basis. I always assumed, you know, maybe one of them just lives down the road there or something, because um, there are some spread out houses a little, you know, five miles down the road or so. So I've seen him drive by several times. It was just the first time that I actually witnessed him getting out and he was looking for something clearly, you know, I can't speak to what it was, but I mean, obviously, you know, just get out and walk around just to, you know, get your exercise in, I'd say in that area. but
1: Yeah. Now, is this something that you talk about with friends and family and tell them what you saw, or do you kind of keep it quiet to yourself?
0: Um, I told my wife before anybody else. And, uh, I did share it with a former coworker. He himself is, um, part of a native tribe. He's native. And so he's got some insight from his tribe, you know, but, but he's from South Dakota. So, so, but it was interesting. Because He's had an encounter, or at least something happened to him when he was a kid. He'd tell a story about riding his dirt bike in the woods with his friend, and uh, when they were stopped, something was throwing rocks at them. And being, being the young kids they were, they thought it was a game and somebody was messing with them, you know, so they would pick them up and throw them back. And then he says that you started hearing movement and the rocks kept coming closer and closer and the movement came closer and closer and they eventually just got spooked and took off out of there. So, but he's a little more open-minded, you know, so I would talk to him a little. And then outside of that, I don't really share too much. Um, I do, you know, if I'm, I'm in some Facebook groups. I'll talk about it. Like I'm, I'm in your fan page and Wes's and sometimes we'll share, our experiences or thoughts, um, you know, not to be mistaken. I'm, I'm nothing of a researcher or anything like that. For me, it's mostly I just want to find out some stuff and learn some stuff for myself, you know, because it is, it is very interesting. And after coming to terms that I have seen something, I, I do want to know as much as I can about it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's natural I think. I mean, when you have something that shifts your paradigm and shifts how you view the world and makes you start questioning what else is out there, what is going on, uh you you do look into things and you start because you're looking for answers and stuff. I think that's a natural thing. Uh but I'll tell you what Dan, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that story because uh it's very interesting. It makes me wonder uh you know, it's one of those things where why did it stand in the road and wait for you to get to it? Because uh, it's the middle of the night, not a lot of traffic. It could have waited to cross the road until you passed or passed sooner. But the fact that it it stood in the middle of the road, saw you coming and was, you know, turning its upper body towards you, it makes you wonder why it does that. Because you, you hear people talk about how, you know, these things are elusive and they don't want to be seen. They're very smart well, if they don't want to be seen, it seems like that's a very dumb thing to do. So it just makes you wonder why.
0: Yeah, that's exactly where I was too. And, and you know, this is all uphill. So I drove uh, a refrigerated truck, you know, so I, you got the, the truck working hard to get up the hill, making a lot of noise. You got the reefer unit on top of it, making a lot of noise. And there was no traffic at all. Like I said, it's uphill, you know, it's a wooded area. So there's a that thing would have literally heard me coming from a mile away. And it it wasn't crossing the road when I saw it, you know, it was standing there and I felt like there was an intent behind it. That's why I kind of took it as, I, I think it was an intimidation thing is, is my impression of the whole thing. I think it just got annoyed with me coming through there so often, you know, and making noise and possibly, I don't know, maybe I was disturbing a hunt or, or just at sleep or whatever. I don't know.
1: Maybe it was part of that local Bigfoot gang and it was getting initiation. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's like <laughs> maybe playing a game of chicken. Yeah. You want to be part of the gang? You got to show yourself to the humans. Go stay in the room. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, man. Maybe they're just as silly as we get. Well, you never know. I mean, you hear all these different stories and stuff, and, you know, it's just like, it it does seem like they're elusive. It does seem like they don't want to be seen. But then there's stories that, like yours, that just, it it goes against everything that you think about these things, and it just makes you wonder why. And that's a question that you'll probably have forever, because we're never going to really know the answers, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's kind of a little bit of the
0: frustrating part, too, you know, for me, because I, I I don't know. I'm the type of person I want to know why things happen. Um, you know, several years ago, my wife and brother-in-law were sitting outside, and we saw some random lights in the sky too. And and that just that followed me forever too. And you know, I'm constantly trying to figure out what it was. And doing Google searches gets frustrating because it doesn't seem like anybody else saw it. And and you're like, come on, man. You know, like how how did how am I the only person, or how are we three the only people that saw this and what was it? You know, why is nobody else talking about this kind yeah. of?
1: Yeah. It's, it's those things, man. They, they shift your paradigm. They shift the way you view things. And, uh, you know, the UFO phenomena is something that is, uh, is growing actually. There, there's more UFO sightings, uh, reported every year. Uh, it seems like this is something that's becoming more of an issue than less to the point that our our government's uh, military is now looking into UFOs and at, at least to the point where they're allowing their soldiers to come forward and share what they saw because I think the government's trying to figure out what's going on as well, which is kind of a, a scary thing because we we often assume that they already know and they're just not telling us. But the fact that they're telling the soldiers to come forward and share what they saw it, it kind of leads you to believe that they're not quite sure what's going on. And they're trying to figure it out themselves, and that that's kind of concerning.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and if you look at historical areas of how much time and money they spent back in the the fifties and sixties to look into stuff like that, you know, that's like you said, it kind of makes you wonder a little and worry that they're not all knowing either and all powerful as we tend to just put our trust in them.
1: Yeah, I think that we, we have a situation where, you know, not one person in the government controls everything. I mean, people glorify the position of the president. And, oh, this person is going to be able to change the world or this person going to tear everything apart. Uh, it, it, the government's very compartmentalized and it, it takes a lot for things to get done, but also at the same time it takes a lot for information to spread and for everybody to know about it. And so I though I, I think that there are people within uh the shadows at least of the government that are more in clue and check of what's going on. I think the generalization of the government or the general military, I don't think they quite are aware of what's actually going on out there. Uh and so yeah. it's one of those things I, where I agree. Yeah, it's it's just compartmentalized, I think. But um Dan, I appreciate you coming on and sharing, man. I really do appreciate the talk.
0: Yeah, no, it was my pleasure. I've been listening to your show for a while. It's you know good to talk Dan. and look forward to listening to more episodes to come.
1: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, email, Water Coolers, Mail, Pigeons. I don't care how you share the show, but if you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends because that is the best thing you can do to help the show grow. And remember, we are launching Hammer Lane Legends, so if you have a crazy story from the road that you want to share on Hammer Lane Legends, email us, hammerlanelegends at gmail.com. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.